Hello, and welcome to Come and See, a home-centered, podcast-supported Come Follow Me. I'm Sam Rencher. And I'm Wendy Rencher. We'll be covering Alma 39 to 42 this week. Uh, these chapters are Alma's talk to his son, Corey Anton. In verse 1, in chapter 39, he says, And now, my son, I have somewhat more to say unto thee. This is a somewhat more to say unto the chapters. Um, are there not times in our lives, um, that, or at least certain parts or aspect of our lives, that we need somewhat more said unto us? And we need to remember that we are to liken the scriptures unto ourselves. So these are not, let's judge Corianton chapters, but let's evaluate our own lives and see where we need improvement. I also think that um, these are some great parenting chapters. We learn a lot about parenting and from Alma and how he talks to his sons. We're actually not going to discuss a lot about that in this podcast, but um, you can take you know notice of that if you're if you're having parenting challenges. Which, if you're a parent, that's pretty much always. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And if you have a children struggling, then then you feel like you're having parenting issues and. Um, this, uh, this sermon gives us so many ways to, uh, safety and happiness. Uh, we're going to try and get through a whole bunch of different ways. We'll see how many we get to. Yeah. So ways to live safely. That's, That's right. what he's teaching, uh, Corey Anton. Verse one, we get our first three. All right, so it says, And now, my son, I have somewhat more to say unto thee than what I said unto thy brother. For behold, have ye not observed the steadiness of thy brother, his faithfulness, and his diligence in keeping the commandments of God? Behold, has he not set a good example for thee? So number one is being stead, uh, steadiness. Number two is faithfulness. And three is diligence in keeping the commandments. We shouldn't be surprised by any one of those three. Yeah, I, I think really Alma is saying, you know, you need to make sure you're keeping the commandments. You need to have and exercise your faith and you need to live the gospel in a daily, everyday way. Um, and, you know, those are, are things that if we're doing will help keep us on that covenant path. Yes. Uh, verse 2, for thou didst not give so much heed unto my words. Uh, so that certainly is not listening to your parent. But in this case, his parent also just happens to be the prophet. So not giving heed unto the prophet's words. Or number four in our list, um, our safety list, is heeding the counsel of prophets. And, you know, this might be a good time to review um, the things that you heard at General Conference and to reevaluate, am I making progress in, in, you know, doing better at following the counsel of our prophet or apostles? If you took notes at this conference, this past conference, it would be a great time to review and see, you know, what, what did I feel while I listened to this conference? What was I inspired to do? Um, and am I working on those things um, that the Spirit prompted me about? It's a great idea. 
Let's uh, read all of verse 2 instead of just the beginning because um, number 5 is also from verse 2. All right, do you want me to start at the beginning? Sure. For thou didst not give so much heed unto my words as did thy brother among the people of the Zoramites. Now this is what I have against thee. Thou didst go on unto boasting in thy strength and thy wisdom. So he went about boasting in his strength and his wisdom. Number five that we need to do to be safe is to be humble. Super important to be humble. Um, let's read verse three. And this is not all, my son. Thou didst do that which was grievous or grievous unto me. For thou didst forsake the ministry and did go over into the land of Siron among the borders of the Lamanites after the harlot Isabel. Yea, she did steal away the hearts of many, but this was no excuse for thee, my son. Thou shouldst have tended to the ministry wherewith thou wast entrusted. That was actually three and four, but they go together. So yes, I they do. And the next, the next uh, couple, the next, what, three come from... From those two verses yeah four i think actually four well one of them um that is forsake the ministry um he didn't fulfill his calling or didn't do his assigned ministering so number six would be if we want to be safe we should fulfill our calling and our ministering assignments it uh, is amazing to me the lord gives us callings of just what we need at the time to be stretched and to be um, if we're fulfilling our callings it helps pull us into the church and to be in a safe place i think it also helps us to um, see the lord's hand as we minister to others as we serve other people it helps us to recognize our blessings it helps us um, to increase our testimony and faith so as we're fulfilling our calling or ministering to others, um, we're really actively participating in the gospel. And that's why, you know, Alma was concerned um, about Corianton. And which leads us to number seven, which is be where you're supposed to be and don't be where you shouldn't be. Um, you know, as, as members of the church, sometimes we're supposed to be in certain places. Um, we're supposed to be at church. We're supposed to, you know, reach out to our ministering families. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to do these things. Are we where we're supposed to be? And on the other side, are we are we staying away from where we shouldn't be? Uh, if there's a place or a website or a or a TV show or a video game or a whatever it is that. Um, leads you towards not keeping the commandments or being tempted to not keep the commandments, then we shouldn't be there um, because that isn't staying in that safe covenant path place. Really, life can be hard enough without putting ourselves in danger. Being where we're supposed to be, that's one of my favorite ones on the list. Yeah, um, it reminds me actually of church um, because when we had little kids, our kids are, are older now, so we don't have this problem anymore. But sometimes um, I went to church and you were in the bishopric um, and I wandered the halls with a baby for most of church because it was a baby that cried or didn't like the nursery or whatever. And sometimes, you know, you think, why, why am I here? You know, why am I at church when I'm not actually in my church class? I'm wandering the hall or I'm 
or I'm babysitting or I, I don't feel fulfilled in my calling or whatever the circumstance might be. Um, but part of it is church is where we should be. Heavenly Father wants us to be at church. And obviously right now, we're not all going to church in the same way that we normally do, but um, normally we should be in church. And I'm grateful that even though some day, some weeks were hard that I stayed at church and wandered the halls. That oh, time did pass. So. Yes, it did. <laughs> um, number eight, really similar to number six. I kind of mentioned it already. The um, it's minister, uh, especially to our assigned families. Um, we really need to do more than just our our callings. We need to we need to do our ministering as well. Wendy already went over a bunch of reasons why that's so important. I think it's also because it invites the Spirit when we serve and minister other people. And anytime we're inviting the Spirit, we are, we are inviting safety. Uh, last one from verse 3. Thou didst go over into the land of Siron and after the harlot Isabel. It's lust and immorality. Um, this really didn't just accidentally happen. He obviously had given this thought. He had made a decision. He didn't bridle his passions. He went after his lusts of his heart and, and traveled and sought it out. So number nine is keeping the law of chastity, uh, including, let's make sure we include letting virtue garnish our thoughts unceasingly. That's so important. The law of chastity is one of the greatest commandments that we have and will lead to happiness and safety. Love the law of chastity. That's number nine. All right. So let's, um, oh, you know what? We have a couple of quotes to go with, with that. Um, just that, that idea of self-mastery. Um, because that really is what the law of chastity is about, is remembering um, to, you know, bridle our passions and to, you know, use our bodies in appropriate ways, in the ways God intended. Um, Joseph Smith said that no man is safe unless he is master of himself. Really, only we personally can be responsible um, for keeping the law of chastity for ourselves, and, and we have to choose and decide to do that. I also like the quote from Brigham Young. Did you want to share that? Sure. I think Brigham Young is one of my favorites when it comes to self-mastery quotes. He says, we have come to earth and gained a body. Now we must learn to master it. President Brigham Young taught that self-mastery is essential to receiving eternal life. The body must be brought into subjection to the spirit perfectly, or your bodies cannot be raised to inherit eternal life. Seek diligently until you bring all into subjection to the law of Christ. It's awesome. It is awesome. Um, the other thing I like about this this sermon that Alma is giving to Corianton, um, you know, in verse 8, he talks about, Behold, you cannot hide your crimes from God. They will stand as a testimony against you. He's given all these things, you know, you know, this is, this is a really bad sin. You have to repent. You shouldn't, you weren't where you were supposed to be. He's kind of given the whole, you know, speech as a parent. Um, but then in verse nine, he says, now, my son, I would that ye should repent and forsake your sins. 
and go no more after the lusts of your eyes, but cross yourself in all these things. For except you do this, you can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. Um, and basically, my interpretation of that is, look, at, even after all the things you've done that are wrong, that you need to repent of, you need to just repent. Just repent, start over, do better. And um, I... I love, I think that message we see over and over again through the scriptures that when we make mistakes, no matter how bad the mistake is, and in this case, it, it, it certainly, you know, wasn't, wasn't a good one to make, um, that we can just repent and start over and do better. I love that. I also love in verse nine where it says, but cross yourself in all these things. And if you look at the footnote, cross yourself says self-mastery. Uh, it it's a commandment, something we've been commanded to do is to cross ourselves or have self-mastery over all of these things. Excellent. Um, actually, I just, I just realized we should have had repentance on our list. That's totally a safety thing. We didn't have that on our list, but we're going to add it in right now. Um, repentance is absolutely the way to stay on the, on the path. There are very few things that bring safety more than repenting course correction. I hope everyone adds that to their list. Um, another one we get from verse 4 is keeping our covenants. Um, he had been entrusted with a ministry. He had made covenants and where much is given, much is expected. Um, but keeping our covenants, there's so much safety in keeping our covenants. So that's that's number 10, keeping our covenants. All right, let's go on to 13 and 14 in chapter 39. Um, it says that ye turn to the Lord with all your mind, might, and strength, that ye lead away the hearts of no more to do wickedly, but rather return unto them and acknowledge your faults and that wrong which ye have done. Seek not after riches nor the vain things of this world, for behold, you cannot carry them with you. I love that beginning part, turn to the Lord with all your might, mind, and strength. In my mind, it's like, look for Jesus, like turn and look for him and find him. And then that's what you need to focus on so that you can be safe. Love it. Reminds me of the always remember him covenant that we make. Uh, verse 17, and now I will ease your mind somewhat on this subject. Behold, you marvel why these things should be known so long beforehand. Behold, I say unto you, is not a soul at this time as precious unto God as a soul will be at the time of his coming. I love this one. Um, number 12 is God knows and loves us. Um, it makes me think of the... Restoration uh, Proclamation. Yes, we've been memorizing that as a family. And it starts out, we solemnly proclaim that God loves his children in every nation of the world. Uh, the new young men theme and young women themes. The young men one begins, I am a beloved son of God. And the young women begins, I am a beloved daughter of heavenly parents. This one is really important. We need to know that God loves us. There is great safety in knowing who we are and that our Father in heaven loves us. And I think knowing our potential, knowing what God expects of us, knowing what um, he thinks is possible and capable from us, 
some things that might help us to know that God loves us because some people struggle with that. It, it's a hard thing um, sometimes. Um, but reading your patriarchal blessing, I, I think is a, is a place that you can go and find um, that personal reassurance from God. I also think of, you know, praying about that, asking Heavenly Father to help you feel his love is another way um, to help us to stay in that safe covenant place. Right. Um, let's let's read a few more. Let's go to chapter forty, uh, verse three. Uh, near the end, he says, "But I show unto you one thing which I have inquired diligently of God, that I might know." That's pretty cool. Uh, verse nine, um, and it says. Let's see, um, what becometh of the souls of men is the thing which I have inquired diligently of the Lord to know, and this is the thing of which I do know. A couple of just phrases from verse 20. I do not say I give it as my opinion. Verse 21, same thing. I do not say, but this much I say. Um, I think I think he's trying to get across here that you know it's okay to have questions and to ask those questions if we're diligently inquiring and wanting to know god knows all things it says that in verse five and if we have a question we can ask and expect that god will answer us it's kind of a number we called number 13 seek to hear him um, that that we ought to be receiving personal revelation and and finding out the things that we want to know more about. Yes, very President Nelson. Um, the, the other reason we read all those verses is it also leads to number 14, which is to be grateful and embrace that we live in the fullness of times. Because here is Alma, one of the greatest prophets who's ever lived. Um, he's teaching all these incredible truths, but there's some things that he doesn't fully know. Um, some of these things that I was taught from as young as I can even remember of, you know, my mom pulling out a display and putting down a little circle that says, here's the premortal existence and here's earth, here's earth and here's the spirit world and here's the two sides of the spirit world and here's where your spirit goes after you die. I mean, these are truths that we've grown up knowing because we live in the fullness of times. And some of those truths Alma had to really seek diligently to know we, we should be grateful for the time that we live and all the information and knowledge that God has given us. And I think maybe also we can take from that that it's okay if we don't know everything right now. Alma didn't know everything. He was asking questions and finding answers, and we certainly should do that. But there may be things um, that we don't understand uh, right now or that may take time for God to reveal the answer to us. And it's okay uh, if we don't understand everything right now. Uh, I think the trick is to trust and have faith and and like Elder Holland says, to hold on what you do hold on to what you do know is true. Absolutely. In fact, that is our number 15. Um, let's read maybe verse five, move back a little bit. Now whether there shall be one time or a second time or a third time that men shall come forth from the dead, it mattereth not. 
for God knoweth all these things, and it sufficeth me to know that this is the case. So, uh, let it suffice is a really awesome phrase. It also says that in verse 19. He says, let it suffice. I have a heart over that. Um, let it suffice. We should trust God. Uh, we don't have to understand everything right now. Uh, sometimes people lose their safety because they don't seem to be able to get an answer to a question and it, and it shakes them. But uh, let it suffice that, that we can trust God, knows that he knows, and it's okay if we don't understand everything right now. Of oh. course, we can always diligently seek to find the answer as Alma did. Right, and I think Heavenly Father is, in fact, wants us to ask questions, wants us to seek and find and understand things. Um, but we also have to accept his will in learning those things and, and in his time and way. Number 16. 16 is kind of a conglomeration of almost every verse in this entire reading block. <laughs> Maybe it, we shouldn't have put that one in. I know, but it was so good we couldn't pass it up. So we, we and it's also kind of a big title. Number 16, we put study, understand, and have faith in Jesus. There's lots of doctrine in these chapters. And studying about and understanding and having faith in Jesus. I mean, that is safety. That is the path to happiness. Uh, we should study and understand and have faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe we read just two or three highlights. There's tons. Sure. It's almost every chapter, Let's every do verse. 39.15. Okay. It says, And now, my son, I would say somewhat unto you concerning the coming of Christ. Behold, I say unto you that it is he that surely shall come to take away the sins of the world. Yea, he cometh to declare glad tidings of salvation unto his people. So when we're talking about studying and understanding and having faith in, in Christ, um, you know, that's really where the safety is. The safety is in Christ, in Jesus. And as we um, study him and testify of him, um, that will help us to understand um, his plan for us. It's awesome. How about 41.2? I say unto thee, my son, that the plan of restoration is requisite with the justice of God. For it is requisite that all things should be restored to their proper order. Behold, it is requisite and just according to the power and resurrection of Christ, that the soul of man should be restored to its body and that every part of the body should be restored to itself. That's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um... You want to do one more? Sure. Which, which Let's do, you think? do, how about 42, um, 13. We do that one. Yep. Therefore, according to justice, the plan of redemption could not be brought about only on conditions of repentance and of men in this probationary state, yea, this preparatory state. For except it were for these conditions, mercy could not take effect except it should destroy the work of justice. Now the work of justice could not be destroyed. If so, God would cease to be God. Again, just maybe we have to read 15 too, actually. Um, just so much doctrine in there. And so look, going through these chapters and really understanding, you know, what is the plan of redemption? What is justice? What is mercy? How do those things tie in so that we really can have faith and trust in God? Um, 15 says, and now the plan of mercy could not be brought about except an atonement should be made. Therefore, God himself atoneth for the sins of the world, 
to bring about the plan of mercy, to appease the demands of justice, that God might be a perfect, just God and a merciful God also. And again, everything in that verse, you know, points to, to the hinges on the atonement of Christ. Um, and, and as we study him and what he did for us, um, again, that really is how we develop our faith and our, our testimony and come to understand his plan. Very good. Uh, this next one, it also has many verses uh, that talk about it. Why don't we do chapter 41, verse 4 to start? It says, And if their works are evil, they shall be restored unto them for evil. Therefore all things shall be restored to their proper order, everything to its natural frame. Mortality raised to immortality, corruption to incorruption, raised to endless happiness to inherit the kingdom of God, or to endless misery to inherit the kingdom of the devil. The one on the one hand, the other on the other. This is talking about uh, choice, and it's talking about one of the choices is that we can be raised to endless happiness. It's why I refer to this as the safety and happiness list. It's what leads to safety and happiness. Verse 5, he says, the one raised to happiness according to his desires of happiness, or good according to his desires of good. It's according to our desires. It is a choice. It's something we get to choose. Do we want happiness? Do we want safety? Well, we have a choice. Um, I also love 41.8 with those, with those verses and with that thought that you just shared. Um, that the way is prepared, that whosoever will may walk therein and be saved. Again, you know, alluding to that choice you just said, we get to decide. Heavenly Father is all about agency. So we're going to choose our path. And if we want the safety path or, you know, a different path. Um, but the way um, to have that endless happiness is Jesus. He is, he, the way is prepared. And, and that way is Jesus. And as we choose him, that's how we choose that endless happiness. That's so awesome. Verse 8 is one of my favorite verses there. Um, I love where it says, Whosoever will may walk therein. Again, there, there's a choice there if we, if we will. Anyways, the so number 17 is choosing endless happiness. Or you could say choosing Jesus because he is the way. But we choose endless, uh, endless happiness. Verse 8 even refers to it as, um, of 42.8, which you already read, which refers to the plan as, as the great plan of happiness. Um, and uh, really, there's so many other verses that talk about it, but I, I think we've, we've covered that one sufficiently. Let's do... Chapter 42, verse 30. Okay. O oh, my son, I desire that you should deny the justice of God no more. Do not endeavor to excuse yourself in the least point because of your sins by denying the justice of God. But do let the justice of God and his mercy and his long suffering have full sway in your heart and let it bring you down to the dust of humility. Um, endeavor to excuse yourself in the least point. That's talking about rationalizing. Uh, no rationalizing even to the least point. 
Um, there isn't any degree of rationalizing that's healthy. If we want to be safe, we, we shouldn't rationalize. Rationalizing will lead you down the wrong path. Well, and I think part of, of that is that if we rationalize, we're excusing some sin or some behavior or some something. We think it's not our fault. We aren't ready to change or, or whatever it might be. But sin keeps us from God. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what our sin is. If we have sin and we're not willing to repent, it keeps us from God. And that keeps us from safety. So as if we rationalize, we are choosing to step off of that path of safety away from Heavenly Father. That's good. Verses 22 and 23 really talk about that, that principle. It talks about how there is a law given and there is a punishment affixed. There is repentance granted, uh, which repentance mercy claimeth, otherwise justice claimeth the creature and executeth the law. Uh, 23, but God ceaseth not to be God, and mercy claimeth the penitent. I mean, there, there is a law, and there is a punishment affixed, but there is a repentance, and there is our Savior. Um, I would advise reading, studying those verses. They, they go over these, these principles really well, really clear. I think we should end with 4227. That was probably, oh, it's always been one of my favorite verses. This is probably my favorite verse still in this scripture reading block for this time. It says, therefore, O my son, whosoever will come may come and partake of the waters of life freely. And whosoever will not come, the same is not compelled to come. But in the last day, it shall be restored unto him according to his deeds his deeds. Um, I just love, again, the image of that living water, partaking of the waters of life freely, um, which is, you know, represents Jesus. We can partake of Jesus freely. We get to choose if, if we're going to do that or not. And that, and we do that um, through repentance because of the mercy and the atonement and, and the sacrifice that um, our Savior made for us. We, we also do it by following this list of, of things that lead to safety because safety is in the Savior. It's being steadfast and faithful. It's keeping the commandments. It's heeding our prophet and being humble. It's fulfilling callings and ministering. It's keeping the law of chastity and keeping our covenants. It's knowing that God loves us. It's turning to the Lord. It's being grateful and trusting God and studying and knowing and having faith in Christ. It's choosing endless happiness. It's not rationalizing. It's staying away from sin. Yep. That leads us to the Savior, which is safety and happiness. Yeah. So this anyway, we hope that you enjoy your, your study this week, um, that, that maybe some things will stick out that will help you in, in staying on that safe covenant path. Um, that leads us back to our Savior. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for joining us.